I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real life, real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the brand new podcast, Emily Sells Iowa. Emily Swinford, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Thank you very much for coming into the studio for this next episode. And it is also exciting that because for anyone that listened to the first episode knows that we were looking for a name. Well, we've got one and I think it's genius. Emily Sells Iowa. Why don't you tell us what that's about? Yeah, it was right in front of us the whole time. We were way overthinking it beforehand. <laughs> um, so I... I guess just when I first started in real estate, I just kind of coined Emily Sells Iowa and it's just kind of taken off. I've gotten several gifts from clients that say Emily Sells Iowa. My website is emilysellsiowa.com, hashtag Emily Sells Iowa. Um, Our team is technically the Southwest Iowa team, but my group kind of works under Emily Sells Iowa. So it was just natural. It reminds me of when I first got started doing voice work, apart from my radio career, I had a lot of people that were in the voiceover industry and they're trying to teach me how to be an, a voice actor and things like that. And I decided that that's not my wheelhouse. It's not what I do. I'm not an actor. I am more of an announcer. And even though there's not as much demand for that, I'm not going to get the Schlotsky's Deli contract to be their spokesperson. That's not going to happen because I can't do that. However, I can do this type of thing. Do what you do well. And that's what you do well is sell Iowa because you know this part of the country. I do have to plug, though, I am licensed in Nebraska as well. Absolutely. So <laughs> if, if let's say, uh, that someone wants to move from Nebraska to Iowa and they want you to sell their house over there, you can do that. Or vice versa, if someone is on the Iowa side and wants to move over. So we don't want to take away from that possibility, but it's just your focus and it's just kind of your wheelhouse. Correct. Yes. You brought a guest into the studio today. What's going on? I did. I'll let Rachel introduce herself, but I brought Rachel Pierce. She wears a lot of hats in my life. So she is, um, well, we both got into the industry at the same time. She's a mortgage loan specialist with Benchmark Mortgage and a referral partner. We put on lots of events together, which we may or may not talk about. Uh, We have kids that are the same age, so we're very good friends. And then also she is a client, so she's bought and sold uh, from me over the past couple of years. We've done a few transactions together. Oh, Rachel, I've got a ton of questions being in the mortgage industry, but my guess is that what you say today may not be true tomorrow, (laughs) where a lot of it is concerned. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Well, how do you manage that then when you've got people, you just, I would think it's going to be constant research on your part and, and always paying attention to exactly what's going on. Cause that interest rate is getting jumped around a lot right now. Yeah. That's the common theme is what are rates going to do? Well, of course I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow or in six months from now, but I absolutely pay attention to the market and, uh, listen to some, you know, really great, um, experts in the market that are talking about rates on a daily basis to be able to regurgitate that basically to my clients and be able to act more of an advisor in an advisor role. So it's, it's really great. Um, right now, obviously it kind of feels like a punching bag. Um, and unfortunately, 
unfortunately, you know, it's harder uh, to be able to guide your clients a little bit because they really are looking for that certainty. They really want to know what is going to happen and what should I do? And they're almost looking for you to give them the answer. And there just always isn't a direct answer on that. You know, I can tell them what I think is going to happen based on the information that I am reviewing or, or what I'm, I'm taking a look at from these experts, but um, there's not always a, a direct, hey, you should do this or not. I have really have to put that ball back into their court and give them their options, you know. That way they have the ability to kind of look at all the different things that they can do. I think it would come down to really what can you afford, what is in your budget, and let's see where we can get everything at. Because if the interest rate bumps up, chances are that uh, property values are, they're, they're, it's all tied together, mm-hmm. So, which is kind of the idea. And we've gone through a period where there was a lack of, well, a lack of houses that were for sale. Inventory just wasn't that high. And then we started to see the interest rates come up. And then we started to see more and more uh, houses coming up for sale because they weren't selling quite as fast and and that type of thing. So it comes down to individual comfort level. Absolutely, 100%. I don't really think that there's ever a time, a, not a good time to buy, right? I mean, I think that Evan, there's always an opportunity for there to be a good time to buy for every person because everyone has a different situation. You know, maybe someone's having a baby, getting married, maybe they need to downsize. You know, the market is definitely shifting, but <clears throat> there's still a good opportunity out there for people, especially that are new home buyers getting into the market. You know, it's kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit, which is great for buyers because now, you know, we have the ability to do home inspections or get some pe- seller costs paid. And again, like you said, absolutely, it comes down to affordability. And even though rates are higher, you know, I, I tell my clients a lot of the times, hey, you're going to date the interest rate and marry the house, right? So let's not get too focused on what the rate is because the reality is we have a short-term memory loss, right? Um, interest rates actually were as high as where we're at right now in 2018, but we don't remember that because if you weren't in the market to buy a house at that time, probably wasn't really important to you. And so it, at some point in time, you know, again, if history repeats itself, which is likely, um, you know, we'll probably see recession and then interest rates come back down and, and all of those kind of things. And I think it was Goldman Sachs actually predicted that in 2023 that the housing market will kind of flatten as far as values go, which is really not a bad thing. I think that it's okay because, you know, we went a little bit high and now we're starting to level back out. So that's a good thing for the consumer. There's a lot of guesswork, I think, with everybody going on right now. Emily? Yeah. The the main question we get asked probably the most is, is it a good market? (laughs) And the truth is, and we talk about this all the time in the real estate world, but there's really no such thing as a good or a bad market. I mean, was the market ideal for sellers the last couple of years? Sure, depending on their situation. The market is the market. People are going to buy or sell homes uh, no matter what, and it's constantly changing year to year and even month to month and season to season, you know, from winter to summer in the Midwest just because of our weather specifically. So the market's the market. It might not always be the market for you, but it's going to be the market for somebody. And at some point, you're going to have to buy yourself for whatever reason that may be. Well, and Rachel, you talked, we talked before we got going here that with things changing, something changed for you. You bought some land and then not very far into the future, things changed. So you put it back up onto the market. So talk about that process and how it was working with Emily. Yeah, 100%. So we lived in, you know, our great house, a little small split entry house in town for 
Uh, almost nine years. And of course, we decided that, hey, it's time to take advantage of the market, right? Prices are up. Why wouldn't we want to sell right now? Um, and a little before we decided to put the house on the market, um, we decided that we wanted to build new construction. You know, that was our dream to own an acreage, have privacy, you know, have a little bit of land. You know, we're outdoors people. So, you know, you got the camping and you got, you know, side by sides and all that kind of fun stuff. And so called a really amazing real estate agent plug here, Emily Swinford, <laughs> Emily Sells, Iowa, and uh, said, hey, this is what we want to do. And, you know, what I love about Emily is, you know, she's honest and direct to me. So like, hey, it really explains what's going on in the market and what, what she thinks I can do and what I can't do, um, which I love instead of just going along with what I what my great grandioso ideas are in my head. So sometimes it just brings you back and levels it out. So yeah, we um, ended up putting an offer on some land um, that was 10 acres outside of town and had that great thought of doing that. And then the market shifted. And it was one of those things where everything was really expensive. Contractors are hard to get. You know, I could just foresee that, especially being in the industry that I'm in. And, you know, husband and I sat down, we talked a lot about it, talked to Emily, leaned into her on that. And, you know, we held onto the land for a while because we thought, Maybe we'll have an opportunity to really sell high like, you know, maybe the people we bought it from did. We did make a little bit on it, um, but it wasn't something really crazy. We ended up looking at new or existing, you know, told Emily a, a house. I'd never stopped looking at houses, right? So house came on the market. It was in a neighborhood that was in a small or subdivision, but a bigger, bigger lots, you know, two to three acre lots. And it was an opportunity for us to maybe build a, a pole barn on there too to put our, you know, recreational equipment building or in, in there. So uh, we went and we took a look at it and it was like, hey, look, you're not going to be able to build this house for this price. So it just kind of made it, it just, it was perfect for us. So we made an offer and we got it accepted. And actually at that time, we actually got a little bit of a deal on that house, which back then was almost unheard of. Well, and there are still deals to be had out there. If yeah. uh, and it really depends on what it is that a person is looking for. It, it's uh, it, it can be a mental thing that you want to feel like you got a good deal, yeah. and you you can forget that. Oh, wait a minute! I'm going to spend the next twenty years in this house, and maybe maybe that should be the focus. Yeah. Now that it's September 1st, it's going to be really interesting because we're going to start getting all of the statistics from August. So the market shifted in June when the rates went up. And so all the people that were under contract or just kind of the stragglers out there, the people that were still committed to buying no matter what the rates were, they most of them um, closed in June, July, August. And so I think once we get the new statistics for what the market was doing in August, we're going to have some real insight as to what we can expect moving forward in terms of days on market, purchase price compared to what the house was listed at. So we've kind of been in a weird limbo since June, I think, where everyone's like, what's going on? But I think once we get these stats from August, now that most of those transactions have closed out, we're going to have a really hopefully good idea of what we're going to be looking at down the road here over this next year. Is there a chance, and this is, I'm, I'm a novice, I don't know anything about this. Is there a rush as we get towards the end of the year that people start thinking they need to get their house sold before the snow starts to fly? Um, actually, nationally, I, I, I haven't looked up this term recently, but when I first started in real estate, October was known kind of as the second market in the real estate world. People tend to start buying and closing again in October and November. Just I don't know if it's because of 
the snow coming in or because that's kind of when schools give breaks and people want to be able to move during that time, get their Christmas tree up before, you know, after right after they close before the holidays. So October is typically a pretty busy month. I uh, went through a home sale recently. I think you and I had discussed mm -hmm. it. And it's eye-opening for somebody who doesn't do that. I've been on the buying side a few times. This is the first time I've ever gone through a sale. That's a whole other story, and we need a therapy session to talk <laughs> about it. But anyway, uh, so a lot of things were happening that I thought, well, why is this going on? Oh, this is, but it's normal. It, it, it's a normal thing. Well, okay, so they switch lenders. Well, that happens, and or people can back out of a deal and, and they lose their earnest money or all, all of these kind of things can happen. So it was a learning process for me. It made me realize that there's a reason that I never became a real estate agent because you guys work too hard and you, Emily, make it look very, very simple. And so uh, I think that that's a big selling point for anybody that's wanting to find a real estate agent. Give Emily a call. She's really, really good at it. I want to talk to both of you, though, because you've got a relationship past just this, just the real estate side and the lending side. You guys, you're getting together outside of that, too. We are, actually. Uh, Rachel and I just committed, and I'll let Rachel explain to us why we are crazy enough to do everything we've got going this next year, but we just committed to an eight-week fitness challenge. It is through a gym in Sydney, Iowa, Underground Barbell. You don't have to be a gym member or even local. It's all You can all be done at home. Uh, so we committed to an eight-week fitness challenge. We started two days ago, three days ago. And I think we've done about 200 burpees total <laughs> along with a lot of other things. So we can barely move. So getting <laughs> out of these chairs is going to be tough. Uh, but Rachel um, and I have both done a lot of events uh together that um, help spread awareness for our local veterans affairs offices or just to get uh, local veterans together for meals and that sort of thing. So we've done a lot of events to raise awareness for veterans uh, or just to educate veterans on what is out there for them. And Rachel just uh, volunteered for um, in a, a fundraiser, the 50 Mile March, and we both decided it's something we want to participate in next year. So we are getting into shape. All right, let's find out what this is. What's the 50-mile march? Yeah, so 50-mile march is a pastor nonprofit that is helping other three other local nonprofits uh, raise money um, for um, veteran or for homelessness and then also uh, mental health. So there's three charities that are involved that they where we raise money for. We are uh, raising money for Operation 22 Till Freedom, which they're here locally in Council Bluffs, uh, Guitars for Vets, and then Moving Veterans Forward, which is both on the Iowa and Nebraska side. And so really great friend Jay Morales put together, he's one of the founders, uh, Jamie Seaman, and then also Matt Bills put this uh, amazing idea together. Um, and I've really been behind it the entire time because I'm really passionate about helping helping veterans. And I'm a true patriot. I really like to give back and serve in that way. And um, I was this year able to be on the hospitality team. So they march from uh, the Capitol in Lincoln to Nebraska Brewing in um, in La Vista, which is also a veteran-owned business. And they are basically walking uh, for 50 miles over 22 hours to signify, obviously, there are 22 people that commit suicide every day. So there's that and actually, is it every day or is it every hour? I can't remember exactly. It's some crazy. It's 22 story. a day. It's 22 a day. 22 veterans a day. Veterans a day. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is what that signifies. 
Um, and then really it's just a, he really wanted people to feel what it's like to be homeless, right? So you're out there, it's in the middle of the dark um, in most cases, because we start at five o'clock in the afternoon, we don't get in until two thirty, three o'clock the next day. You're out there in the elements, right? It's cold, it's wet, you've been walking, you're tired, you, you're, you want to give up, you know, you're getting blisters, maybe you're hungry, whatever it is, they do have snacks, by the way. Um, <laughs> not, they're not starving yet, okay? That's what hospitality yeah. is, but... It was one of the most um, moving events I have ever been a part of, and it was really hard for me to decide if I wanted to be on hospitality next year or actually walk. I wasn't mentally ready to walk this year, but there were five of my teammates and then a total of 11 people that I knew really well that were actually walking in this. And it was great to be on the hospitality side. My friend Jennifer, who's also in my office, she's my marketing gal. She was on hospitality with me and we were able to, when these people come in, you know, you're just, you're setting up their chairs, you're, you know, you're getting things ready. So when they come in, you're like, okay, can I get you a banana? Do you need a water? Do you need me to rub your feet? Do you need me to take your shoes off, your socks off? Can I get you a blanket? Like, what is it that I can help you do? And so it really filled up a bucket and uh, moved me, honestly. And uh, so I obviously was telling Emily all about it. And I was like, so, you know, you want to walk? And uh, she said, heck yeah, let's do it. So uh, we got signed up and we're committed. So we have an entire year to train, which is unfortunately going to start off with 144 burpees a day for the next, you know, eight weeks or something like that. That's There's a lot of... Uh, very positive things that are attached to that. And I haven't had a chance to tell you yet, uh, Rachel, as you came in here, this this facility that you're sitting in right now, this is the podcast room in the studios on South Forth, but this is the Warhawk podcast room. And the reason for that is a friend slash client, he has a nonprofit that he founded that gets uh, service dogs to veterans with PTSD. And uh, Warhawk was his nickname when he was in the service. Uh, he did tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. And uh, that is, we, we gave him naming rights here, and a portion of all the money that comes through here goes back to his organization. So what that means is, Emily, part of the money that you invested in your podcast to come here and uh, to use these facilities is going to Warhawk. That is, uh, he's already aware of that. We've, we've let him know that uh, that's coming. So anyway, as you're talking about these different things and some of the different things that you're passionate about, I got, the, uh, we're in the same camp. I've met the folks with uh, uh, 22 Till Freedom. Great, great group of people. Just great. Top to bottom. Uh, they are always out in the community. You can see a lot of events going on with them as well. And this 50 mile march is it sounds like it is an intimidating thing to take on and a necessary thing to take on at the same time. So as, and you, Emily, you said you're doing it. So <laughs> have you had a chance to process it? Do you know anything that's concerning you right now at this point? Not yet. I've, I keep thinking we have a year, which sounds like such a long time, but I know it's going to come really quick. So I think we're just going to kind of put our heads down and it's going to be tunnel vision until then. Uh, they have some qualifier qualifying steps that um, they that, that you must commit to in order to be eligible to walk. So there is an application process. So it's quite the endeavor, but I'm pretty excited about it. So you've got two things going on here. Uh, number one, you've got people that are going to be a part of the event. And then you've got the fundraising part. So is there a place where folks can go to find out how to contribute either way? Um, I don't know if that's started for... 2023 yet, but are they still raising money for 2022? 
Yes, they are still raising money for 2022. Um, You can actually go to 50milemarch.org and you can sign up there to be a walker. Um, They haven't set up, I don't believe, the hospitality crew. They do that when it gets a little bit closer, but you can go sign up to march. Now, the reality is they can only have so many people march because it becomes a safety hazard, if not, because, you know, we're out on the highway and stuff through the nights. Um, And so, you know, it's limited and that's why they do the qualifier. And just to also point out a little something about the qualifier. Um, it's really, you're walking 10 miles, uh, with 15 pounds on your back at like 10 30 at night till two 30 in the AM. Um, and the reason for that is because they want you to see the elements, but it's, it's not about who finishes first, right? It's, can you stay together as a group? Can you lean on each other? Can you stay at pace, follow direction and actually be part of this? So it's, it's truthfully, it's a, not only a physical challenge, but a huge mental challenge because really you can do anything that your mind will let you do. I'm thinking back to a time when I was on the Appalachian Trail. I I haven't been overnight on the trail, but I have spent different times on there. And uh, it was a 11 plus mile hike in the North Georgia mountains. And I was done after about (laughs) seven miles, just done. I, I had nothing left and I still had to climb another mountain yet and then come back down. Every step hurt. But it wasn't as if they were going to be sending a helicopter in to pull me out. The only way out was to walk out. And that's what you're talking about, that you don't know what you're capable of doing until you truly have no other choice but to do it. So you get out there into towards the later stages of this walk. By the way, I pulled out my calculator and looked. It's it's an average of 2.2 miles per hour. And you can think, well, that's not that fast. No, that's the average any resting that you do or any stops or you're getting something to eat or you're walking for a long time, chances are you're going to need a bathroom break or whatever the case may be, cornfield, <laughs> however yes. it works. Absolutely. So so it's it, it's a commitment and it sounds like, um, sounds like something I'd love to be a part of. So I'm going to uh, start investigating and see whether or not I can pull this off. So anyway, Emily... Uh, your website, emilysellsiowa.com, is that right? Yes, you got it. Or facebook.com uh, slash emilysellsiowa. Absolutely. So if uh, anyone, if you're in the market to buy, sell, just want to ask some questions, Emily's your source. So be able to do that. And uh, Rachel Pierce of Benchmark Mortgage, thank you for your time uh, coming in and uh, sticking a microphone in front of your face and joining us today. We hope to see you again. Thank you so much for the opportunity.